Welcome to FaithBridge Sermons Podcast. Today's sermon features Connie Beaver, and it was recorded on Sunday, December 5th. Thank you for tuning in. We'd love the chance to connect with you, so drop us a line at podcast at faithbridge.org. If you're in the area, join us this Sunday on campus at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. and come say hi. And you can always join us for FaithBridge online at faithbridge.org slash live. Here's Connie. Good morning. Like Dan said, my name is Connie, and I have been coming to FaithBridge for 15 years now, and I have had just the amazing privilege of being on the kids' team for the last eight years. My husband Blake and I love being part of the FaithBridge family and raising our kids here. We have Claire, who's in third grade, and Evan, who's in kindergarten. And being a parent is the best, hardest thing that we have ever done. But one thing I didn't anticipate is how much God would teach me through my children. And recently, through my daughter, he showed me that I can have a judgment problem. You see, I guess I'm not alone. You see, weekday mornings do not bring out the best in our family. I don't know if that is the same in any other homes. But for some reason, getting the kids and myself ready and out the door is just a daily struggle. I mean, I will make my children's breakfast for them, sit it down in front of them, beg them to eat it, and they will just stare at me. And so it just takes a million little reminders to get them to just move. And unfortunately for myself, the reminders from me can turn into nagging and can turn into yelling. And it's just not the most pleasant way to start our day. Well, several weeks ago, my son Evan was laying sprawled on the couch in his PJs, certainly not getting dressed. And I could hear Claire yelling at him saying, Evan, you need to get dressed right now. It's time to get dressed. I have no clue where she's heard that from before. But as any parent knows, when you have one child yelling at another, it's time to intervene before it goes south. So I walked over to go just mediate the situation, and I looked at my daughter and I realized she was still in her PJs. And so I said, I said, Claire, I need for you to get dressed. And she began to argue with me and say, but mom, he needs to get dressed. And I said, you, you're right, he does, but I need you to stop worrying about him and worry about yourself first. And as soon as the words left my mouth, I realized I do that same thing all the time. I can spend my time worrying about what everybody else is or isn't doing that I don't always stop to realize that I am still in my PJs too. I can have a judgment problem. And I know I'm not alone in this because Jesus addresses it in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And that is where we are going to be looking today. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. If you need a Bible, the ushers are bringing them down. You can just raise your hand and they will give you one. Um, And if you need a Bible to keep, it is yours. So we are in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Once you see the verses, it's probably going to be familiar to you, though I don't know it's any of our favorite verses to hear. I've never seen it on anyone's Instagram bio, and if so, that's a choice. But let's see what Jesus has to tell us about judgment. Do not judge 
or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, a lot of times when I've heard these verses, it's when someone is feeling judged or accused, and they will throw these verses out as a way to say, don't judge me. You have no right to judge me. You're just as messed up as I am. And they're not wrong. But I think God has so much more for us in these verses than just don't judge. Today, we're going to see that God can actually use the times that we judge to, for growth. Let's look at those first couple of verses again. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You see, when we judge other people, we can take that as an opportunity to stop and be self-reflective. We're holding them up to this standard. Are we measuring up ourselves? So when we look at others and we think, oh, I would never do that, or oh, I can't believe they're doing that, we can stop and think about, wait a minute, have I ever done that? Would I ever do that? God can use the times that we are judging others to grow us if we let him. Because unfortunately, or really fortunately, we don't walk around this world with a mirror in front of us always seeing how our words and our actions and our tone comes across to other people. But he does give us a mirror of some sorts, and that's being reflected in other people. When we look at them and see, oh, I see what they're doing and I know that's not right. Asking God, hey, is this a place where you're trying to grow me? And look at verse 3. Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Well, as I was studying these verses, I noticed that it was a question. So I asked myself the question, why do I do that? And the answer came very quickly, because it's easy. It's so much easier to look at other people and see what's wrong with them and tell them how to fix it whether I'm telling it to their face or behind their back or even just in my own head, then it is for me to look inside of my own heart and say, God, what do I need to fix? Where do I need to grow? God, where am I sinning? And notice his use of speck of sawdust and a plank. Well, both of those things are made out of wood. They're related, because so often what we see in other people are things we're dealing with or have dealt with ourselves. except the, splink in the, the speck in their eye is minuscule, and the plank in ours can barely fit in my minivan. Now, does anybody in here judge people who leave half-empty water bottles everywhere, or is that just me? Yeah? Okay, good. I'm not alone. I'm not alone here. 
It is one of my pet peeves. And I got in my car the other day, I'm getting ready to get out, and I look down and I see a half-empty water bottle left by someone who shall remain nameless, though I love him very much. And I hate to tell you that my heart started to judge him. I started to think, it's like this big, just drink the whole thing, you take it out, you recycle it, like, why can't you do that? It's not that hard. But then I remembered what God was teaching me. So I stopped, I took a breath, I was like, okay, not a big deal, I'll do it for him. And when I looked down, I realized that my empty Diet Coke can was sitting right next to it. I promise you I didn't see it before because I have this amazing ability to see everybody else's mess, literally in my family, then, but I can't see mine. And it was interesting what happened when I looked down and saw that and I thought to myself, oh yeah, well, I typically have my hands pretty full when I'm leaving, I got the kids and I just, I didn't have enough hands for it. I began to have grace for myself. And then that grace then transferred to my husband. I thought, you know what? Maybe his hands were full or maybe he missed it. It's okay, it's not that big a deal. And I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but anyone in any friendship or relationship knows that sometimes those little things, if you let that anger and frustration build up in your heart, it can snowball into much worse. Do any of you guys also judge anybody's social media presence, or is that also just me? No? Yes? Okay, good. I saw a big hand back there. Thank you. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I love seeing what my friends and my family are up to, and I hate the angry, divisive, and frankly, just the posts I disagree with. And as God has been working on this in my heart, I realized I was judging those people. And I also realized that I was letting their angry posts get me angry. I was letting that anger and division build up in my heart. I wasn't measuring up to that same standard. I mean, and I'm not posting the things I'm thinking, but it's just as bad if I'm letting that anger cause me to sin. And I gotta tell you, ever since God revealed that to me in my heart, I love social media a lot more now. Not only have I hidden a lot of people, but the people I do choose to continue to follow, I can just scroll right on by. I see their posts, I disagree with them, but I do not let them cause me to stumble. Best-selling author and speaker Carrie Newhoff said in a tweet recently, Jesus never asked us to confess the sins of our enemies. He told us to confess ours. And when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I can be guilty of that. I can spend so much of my time and my energy and my focus on what other people are or aren't doing. That's not where it should be. That's not where my heart should be. It should be on myself. We never go to God and say, dear God, let me tell you all the things this person is doing wrong. That's ridiculous. We should go to God and say, dear God, Please help me to see where I need to grow. Please help me to see where I am repenting. Because our heart and our focus shouldn't be on other people and what they are doing wrong. So when you find yourself judging others, allow God to use that to grow 
you. But God doesn't stop there because he can also use the times we judge to grow others. But we have to do it very carefully. Let's look at verses 4 and 5 again. It says, How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is telling us we've got to do that first thing first. We have to allow God to grow us, to show us the plank and help us get it out before we can ever go to anybody else and point out their speck. And notice that Jesus uses the word brother, not once, but twice. Jesus is not careless with his words. He's not talking about a neighbor or an acquaintance or that guy on 249 or that woman at the store. He's talking about a brother or sister in Christ, someone who you have a close relationship with. I can be just a tad, just a smidge high strung, just a little bit. And I can have very high expectations of myself, which can lead to me getting very easily stressed out. And if I'm not careful, my stress and emotions will get away from me and it will overflow onto the people around me. It is not one of my best qualities, and it's something I have worked on a great deal my whole entire adult life. Not only has God worked on that in my heart, I've worked on it in therapy, and it's something I will probably always have to work on. And while the plank is probably not completely out of my eye, and I know several people who would agree, I do know that it has gotten a lot better. Well, I have a friend of mine, and she, in a lot of ways, is the opposite of me. She is calm. She is easygoing. It takes a lot to ruffle her feathers. But the last month and a half has been pretty, I mean, year and a half has been pretty stressful. And so I began to notice that that stress, she's getting more easily stressed. And then that stress is starting to go onto other people, including myself. So as I began to see this speck in her eye and see what it was doing in her own heart and how it was affecting her relationships, I, when it felt like the time was right, I tried to gently and lovingly go to her and point it out. And it didn't go well at first. She called me a hypocrite, and she reminded me of all the times that I had taken my stress out on her, which is all true. But as we began to talk, I was able to share with her all the things that God has taught me, how to stay tethered to his Holy Spirit so I can more easily notice when I'm hitting my breaking point, kind of process that back and go down to the root cause and just all the things that God has taught me. And as we began to talk, she began to realize, oh, I have seen Connie do that. I have seen that change in her oh yeah, I have been taking out my stress on my family and my friends. This is something God wants me to work on. And I can tell you, I've seen a change in her. But if I was still that Connie from 18 years ago, I would have no authority to say anything to her. And if she wasn't someone I was close to, 
If I went up to that lady in the store and said, hey, I think you're taking your stress out on that cashier. Let me tell you about my journey. She would laugh at me or probably yell at me, right? So God can use the times that we judge others to grow them. But we have to do that first thing first. And it's got to be someone that we know closely. But what do we do when that doesn't work? What if they're not ready to listen? Or what if there is someone who don't have a close enough relationship that we can really talk to them, but we're still judging them and that judgment is still living in our hearts? Well, that's the last way that God can grow us, and that's to grow our trust in his judgment. I can have a massive need for justice in my life. I want the world to be fair. I want my life to be fair. My brain can very easily slip into black and white thinking, and especially as a child, I struggled with this. I tend to be a rule follower, and I would see other people breaking the rules and in my mind getting away with it, a lot of times my brother, and I would make sure my parents knew exactly what I thought about it. I tried to tell them how to be a parent and that I didn't think that was fair. And even any adult I came around, like I would go and tell the teacher, and as you can imagine, I was so popular in school. (laughs) And even if I didn't tell them, it would still fester in my heart. It would grow and I would just remain angry and bitter. But as I got older, and especially now as a parent, I understand that my parents were looking at two different kids who God made very differently who needed two different things. And child Connie didn't always understand that, but my parents did. And God does the same thing. When we judge other people, we are looking at it from our perspective. But God knows them. He knows the ins and out of their life. He knows what they struggle with. That guy who cut me off on 249 Well, maybe his wife's in labor, and he's trying to rush home to get to be with the baby or get there in time. Or maybe he's just an entitled jerk. I don't know when I'm in my car. And that lady at the grocery store who was yelling at the cashier, well, she just lost her job. And she's worried about how her family is going to pay the bills. Or again, maybe she's rude. That's the thing, though. When I am in the grocery store, I don't know her. I don't know her story. I don't know what God's doing in her life. God doesn't need my help with his judgment. God doesn't need your help with his judgment. We have a holy and righteous God. The world isn't always fair, but our God is. In Psalm 33, it tells us that God loves justice and righteousness. We can trust in his judgment. Look at Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was kidnapped by his brothers, sold into slavery, accused of something that he didn't do, and thrown into prison. And I can imagine him in prison thinking, God, what about all those people who wronged me? Look at all the awful things that they did. Why am I sitting in prison instead of them? But what Joseph didn't know in that moment is God was with him. And God helped Joseph become second in command to Pharaoh and lead Egypt through a devastating famine. And those brothers, well, they were hungry. 
and came to Joseph and bowed and begged him for food, not knowing that it was the brother that they had wronged so long ago. God brought justice to Joseph, but it maybe wasn't how or when he thought. We serve a holy and righteous God who does not need our help judging his people. Our God knows what his people need. He knows what I need. He knows what I deserve for my sin. I deserve separation from him because he is holy and he can't be close to my sin. And so he sent his son, Jesus, to us as a baby, which is what we are getting ready to celebrate, to live a perfect life free from judgment and take what I deserve, my judgment, on the cross, but then defeat my sin three days later. And now, because I know Jesus and I trust Jesus and I follow Jesus, I can have a relationship with God now and forever. Our God is a God of perfect judgment. He doesn't need our help. And that doesn't need to burden our hearts and it doesn't need to fester. You can give it to him. Give it to him. Let it go. And as you do that, your heart will become lighter. And your heart will be more at peace. So let's think back to that morning and what it might have looked like if my daughter had done these things. If she went up to Evan, judged him, and saw that he was still in his PJs, and stopped and use that as a moment to look at herself and realize, oh, I need to get dressed. Does the work to go get dressed, comes back, and without yelling, without accusation, without judgment, went to him and said, hey, buddy, it's time to go get dressed. Here, I can show you where your clothes are. And hopefully off they go. Now, very small chance that actually happens. <laughs> so in that moment, my daughter can rest and know that mama is gonna come take care of it. Mama is gonna make sure that he gets dressed. And if he chooses not to listen to mama, well, I will make sure it gets handled. Now, I know that's kind of a silly example and one that would only happen in my dreams. But what does this look like in your life? When was the last time you judged someone? Maybe this morning? probably in the last 24 hours, if you're being honest. When's the next time you're going to judge someone? It's Christmas time, which is full of food and fun and festivities and lots of family time, lots of opportunity for judgment. What are you going to do with that judgment? Because judgment not only hurts the people that you're judging, but it can hurt us because it can harden our hearts towards God's people, and it can harden our hearts towards God. But our God is magnificent, and he can take something as ugly as our judgment, and he can use it for something beautiful and for his glory, if you let him. So as you find yourself judging people, because it's going to happen, Use that as an opportunity for God to grow you 
carefully use it as an opportunity for God to grow a brother or sister in Christ and use that as an opportunity for God to grow your trust in his judgment. Let's pray. God, you are perfect and your judgment is perfect and you are merciful and you are graceful and for that we thank you. God, we confess that we judge your people. But God, as we do that, would you show us, would you show us what you want for us? Would you show us the sin in our life? And God, would you help us to grow, to repent of that sin and turn away from it and grow closer to you? And God, I just pray for peace. I know what you have done in my heart over these last two months as I've been preparing this message. And God, I am so much more at peace because I give it to you, because I trust you, because I know you've got it. You don't need me. You don't need my help to judge your people. So God, that's what I pray for everyone hearing my voice right now, God. I pray for the peace that comes from you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.